Well, we are in Revelation chapter 20 this morning in your Bibles, Revelation chapter 20. <clears throat> Coming to church is great, guys. Uh, no matter what you're going through this morning, you're on the right track. You know where you're going to end up. Amen. I hope that we don't lose focus and we don't lose hope. I know this world can be discouraging, can it? It can. Uh, it's a lot of negativity out there, but we know God is still faithful and God is in control. Uh, nothing catches him by surprise. I'm, I'm glad about that. No, he's never wrong. That's why I point you to him. I point you to Christ all the time because he's got the answer. No one else does. The Battle of Armageddon is now over and the beast and the false prophet has been cast into hell and Christ lays hold of that old serpent, the devil, Satan, and he's going to cast him into the bottomless pit. Good. The, uh, Satan is bound for a thousand years. I know a lot of people are our millennium. They don't believe in a, a literal reign that Christ will reign on earth for a thousand years. But it's okay if they're wrong. I can agree. That's all right. I don't, I don't think... I don't think uh, uh, I don't agree with that. I think the Bible teaches that Christ will reign on earth and we will reign with him on this earth for a thousand years in righteousness. Um, then I saw an angel um, coming down from heaven, having the keys of the bottomless pit and a great chain on his hand. You know, it didn't take, it didn't take Jesus to chain Satan. Uh, angel, we don't know who this angel is. Some people say it's Michael, some say it's Gabriel, but this angel is going to, he's nameless, this nameless angel is going to bind Satan. He's going to throw him in the abyss, the bottomless pit, the abyss, the place where all spirits will, will be ultimately consigned. He laid hold on that old dragon, verse 2. That serpent of old, he called him, he referring back to the book of Genesis. Satan been around a long time and been lying and deceiving for a long time. And he still leads this world by lies and deception. Hmm. He lay hold that old dragon, this serpent of old, who is a devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. A thousand years mentioned six times in this chapter. This period of time is called the millennium. Millennium means a thousand, right? Right. It's a time when Christ will reign on earth. Satan will not be free to work. He will be restrained. Only righteousness will flourish and peace will flourish for those thousand years. And he's cast into the bottomless pit. Verse 3 says he's cast into the bottomless pit. Satan knows where he's going, but he's still fighting. You know, he knows where he's going to end up. He knows he's not going to win. But he's still fighting. He's cast into the bottomless pit and shut up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a while. The devil is not bound for punishment here. He's restrained for a thousand years. His punishment is going to come later, but he's restrained right now. Why? Because he won't deceive the nations. Because as long as he's running loose, he's going to deceive the nations. And right now you look around the world, the nations are being deceived. That's how he works in lies and deception. 
He's, it says it set up a seal on him, guaranteeing his security. He's going to be secure. He's going to be confined for those thousand years. The bottomless pit is not the lake of fire, what a false prophet is, but it's a, a temporary prison where Satan's going to be held, where he's incarcerated for 10 centuries in order that there will be peace. Because as long as he's running loose, there's not going to be any peace. But he's going to be confined for a thousand years and righteousness and peace is going to reign. That's why you don't have any peace in the world now, because he's running loose. Jesus called him 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world. You know, so when Jesus reigns a thousand years, happiness, prosperity and holiness will exist during the millennial period. The bottomless pit of the abuso, which Satan is tossed in a place where it's the worst place where demons wants to go is into the bottomless pit. It's the worst place that they want to go is in the abuso. It's a, the demons dread going there. That's why they, the demons told Jesus in Matthew chapter eight. He said, they says, send us into those swines. Any place, but not the abuso. Any place, but not, play, not there. It's a place of punishment. At the end of this time, he's loose for a season. Leads one final revolt against God and is cast into eternal lake of fire where the beasts and the false prophets are in chapter 20, verse 10. Satan's going to be released. He's fulfilling God's plans in many ways and don't even know it. Satan will be released so God can make a permanent end of sin. God is going to establish a new heaven and a new earth. Satan going to be, you know, the Bible says in during the millennium, said the wolf will lie down with the lamb and they will feed together. And that's unheard of. But in the millennium, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. There will be total peace and harmony. Wow. You can see, you can't see Satan's face, but you can see the effects of it. Spirit, spirit, you know, you can't see him, but you can see the effects of it. All this damage and things you see in the world today, God is being blamed for it, but God is not doing it. Satan is the evil one. He's a slanderer. He's a liar. He, Jesus called him a murderer. And that's, why, that's what we see around us. He's running loose. Verse 4 says, Then I saw thrones, plural, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. You know we're going to judge angels one day? Do you know that? You know we're going to sit on thrones one day? Check this out. Then I saw souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus Christ and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads, or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Those that's going to be beheaded during the tribulation because of their testimony. It says because of the word of God. The word of God is being under attack right now. Did you know that? The Bible said in the last days there will be a famine in the land. And the famine would be the word of God. Satan knows the word of God. And wherever the word of God is ever preached, there's always been opposition. He doesn't want the word of God to get out. But some are going to be beheaded for the word of God and did not receive the mark. 
You know, we talked about the mark. Well, he want to require everybody to receive a mark on their hand or forehead before they can buy or sell. That's, that time is coming. These, there are tribulation martyrs because they refuse to take the mark of the beast. They're going to be severely persecuted. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. It pertains to the unsaved. Through the ages we have, uh, who have died and will be raised after the millennium to stand before the white throne judgment. Uh, we'll talk about the white throne judgment where all unbelievers will show up, will be there. But it says in verse 6, it says, Happy are blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. The first death is, the first death is only physical. The second death is spiritual death and separation from God forever and ever. Revelation 26 describes that special blessing of those who share in, share in the first resurrection. These resurrection, these resurrection believers, you know, the body is going to be raised. The Bible speaks of two resurrections, of the just and the unjust. These resurrected believers will share Christ's glorious life, reign with him as kings and priests. And the second death has no power over them. All who are raised in the first resurrection are saved people. All the believers will be raised in the first resurrection. They will not experience the second death, which is hell. Jesus said in John 5, 24, Most surely I say to you, the hour is coming and now, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of God. Do not marvel at this. The hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. That's what Paul was trying to get across to Felix. There was going to be two resurrections of the righteous and of the unrighteous. Paul was standing before Felix, he says, you know, you can read Acts 24. He said, and I hope in God, which they themselves also accept that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust, of the righteous and the unrighteous. This being so, I myself always strive to have a good conscience without offense toward God and man. But the Bible said we should go read as kings and priests. You can read Revelation 1, 6. Revelation 5.10, it says, and, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the, over the kings of the earth to whom he loved and washed us from our sins and his blood has made us kings and priests to God the Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Revelation 5.10, he made us kings and priests. He said he has already done it. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. So, you know, we have a, we have a bright future. It, it might not look bright right now. It might look a little, glim you know, right now, look, it might look a little negative right now. But you know what? 
if we could focus on eternal things and where we're headed, we can be encouraged. <clears throat> because if you stay faithful, the blessings is coming. If you stay the course, the, the blessings are coming. Amen. Verse 7, now when the thousand years had expired, Satan, was, Satan will be released from his prison. This portion of scripture here has troubled a lot of Bible scholars over the years. So when the, th so when the thousand have expired, Satan will be released. They asked the question, well, why should Satan be released from prison? You had him locked up for a thousand years, so why are you going to release him? God let Satan lose for a short season in order to give people choice. People will always have choice and free will. Here those born in the millennium, there will still be people born in the millennium, and they will have free will and choice. Adam and Eve had free will, they had choice. You know, there will still be procreation even during, during the millennium. And people, babies will be born with that uh, sinful nature. And they will still have choice. Many of them will accept Christ, but some of them will follow the Antichrist. Many will follow the devil. Even after living with the Lord for a thousand years or ten centuries, Man will still, many will rebel. God will never take away your free will and your choice. Uh, you know, I could do pretty much right now what I want. I could go to church or not. I can read the Bible or not. I can pray or not. I can do exactly what I want to do if I choose to do that. I wouldn't advise it. But if I wanted to, I can do, I could walk away from Jesus Christ and never come back if I wanted to do that. And God would not stop me. Because he has given us free will. He wants us to serve him because we love him and because we want him. And he did not make us robots and to put pressure on us to do anything. He wants us to follow him because we want to. So we always have free will. Verse 89 informs us that Satan deceives the nations. The four corners of the earth. He's going to he gonna gather all the nations together. This army is gigantic in number. It's like the sands of the sea, it says. And the beloved city of Jerusalem is going to be surrounded. But God's going to destroy them all. In verse 8, he will cast and he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle. Whose number is as the sands of the sea. It's going to be a lot of people fighting against God. Can you imagine that? God and may God a coming northern confederacy of nations who will invade Israel. You can read Ezekiel 38 and 39. You're going to see the beloved city Israel will be completely surrounded. I'm told right now it's surrounded uh, by the enemies. Iran, Iraq, Russia, China, you name it. They got a lot of enemies. They want to wipe Israel off the faith of the earth. And I tell you what, if the church ever turns their back on Israel, God help us. As long as we support Israel, God is going to bless those that bless the Jews. He's going to curse those that curse them. So we are supposed to bless those people prayerfully. We are supposed to send money. We are supposed to be praying for them. Because they are really going through a lot of persecution. The nation of the world are bound together in this final assault, Armageddon against God. Verse 9 said it went up 
on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God of heaven and devoured them. And so as, as Israel is surrounded, God is going to devour them with fire. The devil who deceived them were cast into the lake of fire and the brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever. So Satan released. Rebellion continues. After the millennium, Satan will be released for a short time. He's going to make his final attempt to fight against God, but he's going to be defeated. He's going to be thrown in the lake of fire with the Antichrist and the false prophet. And he knows that day is coming. That's why he is throwing everything he can now because he knows that his time is short. He knows that. But this is his final rebellion against God. The Bible shows us that uh, really most of our problems are spiritual. A lot of people, they say, well, we ought to change this law and change that law. You know, law, you can, you can change as many laws or you can uh, create as many laws as you want, but a law will not change the heart of the people. Man will still revolt against God. The millennium will be a period of peace. We will reign with Christ, be a perfect environment. Now that the beast and the false prophet are cast aside, that day is coming. If we can stay focused on that, we have a lot of blessings coming your way. I know, I know. I, I can see it. The verse 11 talks about the white throne judgment. That's, that's where every unbeliever will stand before God. Those who have rejected the, the gospel. Um, there won't be any believers there at all. They'll be all unbelievers. I pity them. I pity them, you know. Maybe that's why I... I pray every day, you know, God's used me to get this gospel out. That's that my number one focus right now is to tell somebody else. And I have a lot of opportunities, lots of opportunities. Verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and, and him who sat on it from, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no more place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. He says the unbeliever standing before God. They're standing there to be sentenced. And it says the books will be open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. This is the sentence that people have already been condemned, but now they're waiting to be sentenced. The sea gave up the dead who were in it and it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his work. It's, the judgment is coming. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone who's not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. Well, how do you get your name in the book of life? You have to receive the Lord, don't you? Only he can get your name in there. You, can, you just can't put your name in there by yourself. There shall be a second resurrection. 
and the unsaved will be raised and they're going to stand before God for judgment. But don't, you can't confuse this judgment with the white throne judgment with, the judgment with the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is for the believer standing for rewards. The things that we've done in this life, God is going to do us, going, going to reward us for what we've done for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10 said we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that's not for sin, that's for rewards. God is going to reward you for everything you do for him. If whatever you do for him, we don't, re, we don't deserve any rewards, but God is going to reward us anyway. Can you believe that? But the white throne judgment, there will be no rewards for the unbeliever. He won't have any rewards. He has to face God in his own righteousness. And he's going to be judged. That's why um, I use every opportunity as I can to tell people about Christ. He said, heaven and earth will fl flee away and no place be left for sinners to hide. All must be judged. The judge is Jesus Christ. That's who the judge. For the father has committed all judgment to the son. These lost sinners rejected, rejected Christ. And now they got to face Christ. Jesus Christ will judge these unsaved people according to what's in the book. You know, uh, for one thing, God's word will be there. God will judge them according to his word. Did you receive, did you receive the word? Did you accept the word? The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last, the last day. John 12, 48. Every sinner will be held accountable for the truth that they have heard. They're going to be accountable and they're going to be able to recall everyone who have witnessed to them and they rejected it. The sinner will know. God is just. And that's why God is waiting for sinners to turn around. And to repent before he shows up. God knows what sinners are doing and his books will be is going to reveal the truth. The book of life will be there containing the name of the redeemed people. Your name is in the book of life. If you have received Christ as your savior, your name is in the book of life. But the unbeliever's name is not. No unsaved person will have his name in the Lamb book of life. It's only for believers. Hell is... A lot of people I was reading, a lot of people don't believe in a literal hell. They don't believe in that. They don't, they don't think it exists. And that is, that's exactly what Satan wants people to believe. Satan doesn't want you to believe that he even exists. But the Bible does speak there is a literal hell. And when people pass away, they're going to go even, they're going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell, one of the two. And Jesus doesn't want that. I wouldn't wish that on my, first, my worst enemy. And don't say that God sends people to hell because God does not send people to hell. People send themselves to hell by rejecting the gospel. When you reject the gospel, uh, that is probably the most serious thing you can do is reject that gospel. The gospel is good news. Jesus has given people a way of escape. The Bible said God is not willing that any should perish but all come to repentance. And he's, he's patient and he's long suffering. Even right now, he's patient. 
with everything that is going on. He doesn't want anybody to face his judgment and his white, white throne judgment. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But if you reject the gospel, there's the only place left. No such thing as purgatory. Sorry. No such thing. Doesn't exist. The white throne judgment. There will be no jury. There will be no prosecuting attorney. No defense attorney. It just be you, an unbeliever, standing before God. Hmm. But you can escape this. You can escape this judgment by trusting Christ as your Savior, by doing what he told you to do. And this second death will have no effect on you at all. Jesus said, he that hears my word and believe on him that sent me have everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but have passed from death to life. You can pass from death to life. Have you trusted Christ as your savior? Today, is he your savior? If he's not, you should not put that off because you don't know if you'll get another chance. All lost sinners will, all lost sinners will be there at the white throne judgment and none will escape. So my job in these last days is to get people saved as soon as possible, as fast as possible. Top priority. There will be many opportunities in these last days for us to witness. And we all should do the work of an evangelist, the Bible says. When these books are open and that unbeliever looks, he's going to be speechless. Wow. The second death is spiritual and eternal. Separation from God forever. Only God's elect are written in the Lamb's book of life. To reject the gospel is condemnation. And God doesn't want anyone condemned. He said he did not come into the world to condemn the world. The world will be condemned. But he said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. Shouldn't we do the same? You see, the Great Commission hasn't changed, pandemic or not. The Great Commission is still the same. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, I think the church is really sidetracked. I think, you know, you got Christians fighting over a pandemic. You got Christians fighting over masks. You got Christians fighting over vaccines. You got people fighting over the government. That government, that that Democrats and everything. We way over there and the world over here is going to hell. Why don't we focus our attention on the unbeliever and get them saved and they wouldn't act the way they do. See, an unbeliever is going to act the way an unbeliever acts. Yeah, he's going to curse and smoke and chew and everything else. But you know what? The gospel can turn him around. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world. It hasn't changed. And if Jesus was standing right here behind this pulpit, he would say, go. He didn't say sit. He said, go, go. When you leave out of here, go, go tell somebody. It's like having a cure to cancer. Don't tell nobody. Man, this is a good opportunity. They say uh, two thirds of Americans don't believe. They say two thirds of Americans believe that they're going to go to heaven. Two thirds. Now, 
you ask people they are Christian in America, a lot of them will say yes, because they are an American. And they were born in America. That's not true. But we should be in these last days, especially now when people are depressed and discouraged. Uh, let's look for opportunities. The Great Commission haven't changed. You know, we ought to invite people to church, too. They said most people come to church because someone has invited them. Invite somebody to church. I get up every day and I pray for opportunities to witness to people. So I had, had my teeth cleaned last week and I hate it, but I had to go to the dentist and a lady asked me what I did for a living and I said, oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> Don't ever ask me that. So boom. And she started spilling out her heart. My husband and my family and my kids are rebelling. And, my, and I asked her, I said, well, you know, I'm a pastor. And I, have you ever received Christ? She said, yes, I have. But I haven't been to church in years. I haven't been to church in years. So I gave her a card, invited her to church. And I told her how, how she could be saved. You know, the walking down the street, you know, when you get out there, there's a whole bunch of opportunities out there. And the weather is nice, and I get out there, because I like to walk anyway. And this guy had this beautiful car, man. And I says, ooh, that's a beautiful color, man. What kind of color is that? He began to tell me about his car and how many miles he gets per gallon and all of this. And I told him, I says, hey, you know, I had a chance to witness to him. He didn't come to Christ, but I had a chance to witness to him. Uh, when I go out, I wear my Christian T-shirts. You, when you go to Winco or when you go to Costco, you got these Christian T-shirts on. I, that's a witness tool for me. I wear my, my Christian T-shirts when I go out. And, and people, I see them looking at my, you know, some people, they'll look away, you know, like they don't, they'll look away like they don't see it. I know they see it. But, but the Holy Spirit can use that many times without me saying anything, you know. But I wear my Christian T-shirts when I go out. And some people, uh, they'll look at it. And sometimes they are backslidden Christians. I have a chance to encourage them. So that's a good, that's a good tool. If you go out, put your Christian uh, uh, T-shirts on, and you get a lot of opportunities to witness to people. You know, uh, I was at the bank yesterday. I'm looking for opportunities now. I'm talking about opportunities all around us. Jesus said the harvest is ripe, but the labor is a few. In the line in the bank yesterday, and, uh, you know, the bank uh, didn't open up for another half an hour, so I had a chance to stand in line and... Talk to some people in line about Christ. People say, I hate Washington State. This place rains. I'm going back to California. I said, I almost said good, but I didn't say that. But <laughs> <laughs> I hate this state. They said, I hate this state. I'm going to get out of here. I hate who I moved here. I said, have you found a church? You know, do you know the Lord? You know, sometimes you haven't got to say much. You got to be able to present that gospel in a minute or so. Sometimes you only got a minute. Tell them Jesus died, he saved you, you can go to heaven, have your sins forgiven, and he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through him, and you only got a minute. By the time they get to the check stand, you, they, you've given them the whole gospel. I said, you know, so this one guy, he cracked me up. He says, um, well, how long is the church service? How long is, how long? <laughs> people are using, the people are saying anything. How long is the service? I said, it's not very long. I said, it won't take, up, it won't take you a whole day. <laughs> but I feel I have to start the conversation. I feel I have the truth. I'm a son of God. 
and I'm not puffing myself up. You know I'm not. But I think we have a lot to offer. And I think whoever you are, you have a lot to offer. And if God is going to speak, he's going to speak through us. And, I, and the church is being silent. We can't do that. We got to speak up. I feel like I should start the conversation and initiate the conversation just like Jesus did with the woman at the well in John 4. Jesus said, give me a drink. The woman said, you being a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan, and you're going to ask me for a drink? If you only knew who was talking to you, he would give you eternal life. And Jesus, you know, uh, go call your husband. You know, you, you know the story. But in the end, Jesus led that person to Christ. So I think we have to be the one to initiate the conversation. The, we want to look for opportunities every day. There are people, a lot of people, uh, they won't come to church. They won't. I mean, they, they might eventually. But the Bible told the church to go to them. We're supposed to go to the unbeliever. So we don't want to separate ourselves. Now, we know the white throne judgment is coming. We know the unbeliever is going to stand before God. We know they're headed to hell. You know the great tribulation is going to happen. You know it. Ain't going to be quiet about it? I could care less about the Greek, Hebrew, church history and everything else. I put it all aside and go out there and talk to them sinners. That's my top priority. I don't read books all day. I don't search the internet all day. I'm around the unbelievers. And some of them, they don't even know what you're even talking about because they're strung out on crack and crank and cocaine mentally ill, but I'm hoping the gospel will get through there. If I know, if I believe that Christ could come any second, what is my priority? Is to try to bring as many to Christ as possible so they won't have to face this white throne judgment so they haven't got to go through that tribulation. I was in California one time and I, <clears throat> I was very new Christian, and I was very afraid to share the gospel. And I went to the hospital to see this man who I worked with, and uh, he was dying, and I didn't, share, I didn't share the gospel with him, and, he, and the person passed away. And I said, that will never, ever happen again, ever, ever. I felt guilty about that for years. I said, man, if I, maybe, if I had, maybe if I had said something, now maybe he still might have gone to heaven. I don't know. All I know is I had the opportunity to say something and didn't. And that person passed away. And I'm thinking, man, what if that person, what if that person goes to hell and I didn't say nothing? So now, when I do hospital visitations, you know what I do? Before I leave there, I'm going to present that gospel. Because I don't want that on my conscience that I could have said something and didn't. Maybe that person will come to Christ. But there's many opportunities, folks. And you are God's hands. You are God's feet. You are God's people. And you have a lot to offer. And I pray that God will use each one of us for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you that we can come and hear your word. And Lord, I just pray you use each one of us for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. If you're here today, you have not received Christ. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my own personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died. You rose again on the third day. Come into my heart and forgive me. And he will. 
He's never refused anyone yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one last thing. Uh, you can turn it up. Uh, one last thing. Hey, uh, <clears throat> I have a two.